this week on the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. You just have me, Bear Tycoon. Hot Take Nate is on his way back from London, and it will just be me talking about the Bobcats and the Grizz. We're also going to quickly kind of give a brief overview of the Montana Mint and what we are doing. Uh, It will be pretty short because 90% of my material is usually reacting to something really stupid that Nate has said. So, let's go. Let's get right into it. Uh, as I said, Hot Take Nate is not here, so it's going to be a super awkward short pod with just me, Bear Tycoon. Let's get into this week's games. The Grizz are hosting UC Davis, number one ranked in the big sky, UC Davis. They're the last remaining undefeated team. Uh, pretty incredible that we're here, that we are able to say this sentence, that the Grizz are worried about UC Davis coming into Missoula. Also incredible to think that UC Davis is favored in this game. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in Missoula in October. If you were to go back in time and tell me that four or five years years ago, I would be convinced that you were lying to me. UC Davis, not only are they undefeated, um, they are clearly in this top tier of the Big Sky Conference. Uh, they are 4-0, Eastern Washington 3-1, Weber State, Idaho State, both 3-1 in conference. When you look at... Uh, how to kind of differentiate these teams, one of the best measures is point differential. Points that they've scored against their opponents compared to the points that their opponents have scored against them. By that measure, Eastern Washington is the top team in the Big Sky at a plus 100 point differential. UC Davis is close behind them at plus 85. They've scored 85 more points in their Big Sky Conference opponents. We don't look at... The overall point differential, because you could play College of Idaho in week two and beat them by a ton, and it doesn't really tell you that much. Or on the other side, if you're playing up in those first couple weeks and get your ass kicked by uh, whatever FCS school or FBS school, that doesn't really tell us much. Big Sky Conference games, Eastern Washington has a 100-point differential, UC Davis 85 points. So those, in my opinion, are the top tier then we go down to the other three and one teams. Weber State is a thirty-one point win differential or a point differential, and Idaho State plus forty-five. Those incredibly are the only four teams in the Big Sky Conference that have a positive point differential in the conference. I've been looking at this and trying to figure out how that's true, but the other remaining nine teams all have a negative point differential. The Grizz are the next closest at minus two, and the Cats right behind them at minus six. Uh, but then you look look at somebody like uh, Cal Poly, who's minus 101, and it just kind of becomes clear what the tiers are in the conference. But anyways, UC Davis is coming into Missoula, and this is kind of make or break for the Grizz. Right now, both them and the Cats are on the outside looking in at the playoffs uh, and would have to win out and get some help, likely, to, to secure a place for the end-of-the-year tournament. I think the start this out, you know, start out come the bye week, had two real tough losses at North Dakota and then getting humiliated by Portland State a few weeks ago. 
the Grizz need to be focused. And one of the two advantages they have in this game, I think they have two advantages that they could that could potentially push them over the top for winning. One is the fact that they've had two weeks to prepare. Bobby Houck is no joke. Uh, he's a good football coach. I think everybody would agree with that. Uh, you may question his decisions, but at the end of the day, he's been doing this a long time for the Grizz in big-time programs. He knows how to prepare a team and get them ready to go. We've had two weeks to get ready for UC Davis, and we'll see how the Grizz come out. The other advantage that we have is Washington Grizzly Stadium. As always, the Grizz playing in front of big crowds can be intimidating to, to some schools, not all schools, but UC Davis in particular, I think, is at risk of kind of being intimidated by the large crowd in Missoula. If you take away their FBS games, not all their FBS games, but most of their FBS games over the past three years, UC Davis has rarely played in front of a crowd that is even half the size of what they'll face on Saturday. So if you look at this year, the biggest crowd they played in was obviously Stanford uh, at Stanford, where it's 30,000 fans. But if you're a player going to play at a major against a major college program, you're getting up for that game a little different. You know you're probably going to get beat. Uh, you know that it's kind of happy to be there. Let's stay healthy. Let's get reps. Let's you know do as much as we can. But you're not preparing for that game the same way you will like a conference opponent like the Grizz. Besides Stanford, they've played in crowds of 10,000 uh, at Cal Poly. I'm sorry, no, at uh, against Idaho State two weeks ago. Um, and then 12,000 at San Jose State at the beginning of the year. Last year, again, they started out the year with a huge crowd at San Diego State, almost 50,000 people. And then for the rest of the season, they at most of these games were well under like 7,000. There's a couple... Cal Poly game, uh, the always popular Causeway Classic at Sacramento State where the games were 10,000. That is way different than going into 20,000 fans in a very cold and very loud Washington Grizzly Stadium. 2016, I think, is the most comparable, we can find the most comparable game. Um, You know, again, a huge game at the beginning of the year at Oregon with 50,000 people in attendance. But then they played at Montana State where they ran into a crowd around 16,000. So if you're looking at the guys on this roster, some of them were there in 2016. And from that point forward, really the only crowd that they've seen in a game against a conference opponent that would be comparable would be that Bozeman game two years ago. So it's a new dynamic for them to face. And hopefully it's something the Grins can take advantage of. But that is really the only thing they have going in their favor. On my list of reasons that Davis can win this game Uh, They're just simply a better football team. They have been playing very well throughout the year. They have, uh, I mean, their record speaks for itself. They have one loss that was to uh, Stanford University, the Stanford University in California. Um, They beat an FBS school in in San Jose State. They beat San Diego, who uh, oftentimes is, is in the FCS playoffs and is always a pretty solid team. Their conference schedule, they're 4-0, and they've only really played one tough team. And Idaho State, that was that overtime game two weeks ago that was probably the most or one of the most entertaining games of the year. But otherwise, they beat Idaho, Northern Colorado, and at Cal Poly. Everything so far that UC Davis has put up has shown that this is not a fluke. This is not a Sacramento State of two years ago, or I guess of last year. This is a this is a real deal program. So uh, if you're looking at it from a Grizz 
uh, fan perspective, you can kind of pull out some positives and reasons that we can win. But uh, this is this would be a surprise win for the Grizz. It would be a nice statement win for the Grizz. But we'll just have to see what happens. Um, go moving on to the Cats. I wish Nate were here so we could try to spin how great that lost Weber State last weekend was. But obviously things are are not going well for Jeff Choate in Bozeman. Last week they did cover against Weber State at Weber State, so that's that's tremendous. Uh, Troy Anderson had quarterback. Troy Anderson had a wonderful game through the air, throwing 53 yards. Uh, he also rushed for 102 yards shortly after the game. The Bobcats uh, had a little coach shakeup. The QB coach, Bob Cole, is done. He's just no longer with the university. Uh, the press reports of this have been – it's not that he's been fired. They've all been reporting it like he's hes no longer on campus, like he's hes disappeared or something. But uh, uh, So Bob Cole is out. Offensive coordinator Brian Armstrong has been demoted to the tight end coach, and Matt Miller has been promoted to the offensive coordinator. So – I feel like Bobcat fans can convince themselves that things are going well sometimes. You know, they're always kind of this underdog, so they don't have the same expectations as as a school like Montana. But this is obviously not good. And it's weird to me that you're firing the quarterback coach. I obviously do not follow the Bobcats super close, but it didn't seem like the coach was the problem with the quarterback. The fact that recruiting left you in a situation where you had to play a linebacker quarterback, and that is the best option available to you. To me, that doesn't seem like a quarterback coach's problem. That seems something that's more institutional at the head coach level. To me, you know, losing to Weber State, like Bobcat fans can probably try to spin this as, well, you know, Weber State's ranked number five now, and uh, we only lost by 10, and we were, you know, we covered. It was, I think it was a 13-point uh, spread and we covered like that's fantastic that's all like you can convince yourself of this stuff at the end of the day when you're a team like the Bobcats or the Grizz your expectations should be higher than that and this is not year one of Jeff Choate this is year three of Jeff Choate to me if you know that that dog meme where he's sitting at a table and the room's on fire that's Jeff Choate but only he's sitting at the table and instead of flames he has all of his linebackers under center. Things are in bad shape in Bozeman. And if you look at their remaining schedule, they're going into Idaho State. They're traveling to Pocatello this weekend. And they are, the Cats are a seven and a half point underdog. That is, that line blew me out of the water. The Cats are going to get rolled this game. They have, they've played some teams tough. I will I will give them that. But when they play good offenses, that is when they've been blown out of the water. Idaho State right now is the number two offense in all of the FCS. Entire FCS, Idaho State is number two. The other two teams that kind of jump out in terms of what the Bobcats have been able to, uh, not able to do are... Eastern Washington, that game, the final score was somewhat close. I think they lost by 17. Eastern definitely controlled that game. And they're the number five offense in the country. South Dakota State blew the Cats out of the water. They are the number eight offense. When the Bobcats go against a good offense, it just seems like they are not able 
to keep the game close, grind it out with Troy Anderson. Seven and a half points. I am I am convinced the Cats are going to get blown out of the water. Things are not well in Bozeman. Um, Nate, if he were here, I'm sure would defend this in some way. That Choate's a genius. And look, we're going to go, this is my Nate impression, we're going to go five and six again or six and five, and that's great. Like, it's upward trajectory, and we're going to beat the Grizz and Bobcat Grizz, and that's all that matters. Like, maybe that's maybe that is all that matters uh for some fans but uh i think it is hard to argue that in year 3 of the chote era that that things are where you want them to be okay i think the only other thing i want to mention uh before we move on is uh two things one idaho state they went on the road this week in a weird non-conference game. They went and played at Liberty University, which we discussed last week. They used to be FCS, moved up to FBS, or not in a conference. They've had kind of some weird, uh, had a weird schedule, and it's tough to get a read on them. But they are an FBS school, and Idaho State played them super tough. They didn't come away with the victory, but they, it was close throughout most of it. The final score was 48-41. Uh, they were able to put up some big-time numbers on on Liberty. So hats off to Idaho State. I think some folks in the mid office, myself kind of included, what kind of had looped Idaho State into what Sacramento State was last year. And, you know, a good record and putting up decent numbers, but maybe not that strong of a team. Uh, the fact that they, they played this FBS school so tough um, is really kind of a statement game, even in a loss uh, to them. Um, so excited to see what they do. Uh, this week against the Bobcats. As I've said, I don't think it's going to be pretty. The other thing to mention is, uh, holy cow, Northern Colorado blew Northern Arizona out of the water. Northern Colorado is now uh, one in four in conference. And it was just a a huge, I mean, losing Case Cook is for Northern Arizona. We've said it all year. was was a big deal. Um, Maybe he's out for the rest of the year and he'll be able to redshirt. But I mean, northern, northern Colorado—they have been a dumpster fire all year, um, and they came away with a, a really, really nice victory. Um, also, I should say, uh, back to the the point differential point I made earlier in this pod, uh, North Dakota, who is kind of a big sky school, they're they're obviously independent, but uh, playing in the big sky, playing a big sky conference schedule for the most part. Uh, three and one, so in the same boat as Eastern Weber and Idaho State, their point differential is seventy-four points, plus seventy-four. So there's a strong argument to be made that that they should be um, included in that top tier of UC Davis and Eastern. Based on that, they are they are ranked, um, but not in the top ten. Uh, Idaho State is not ranked, which I think is is uh, uh, giving them a raw deal. But um, those are the only two points I wanted to make uh, before we move on. So the next thing we're going to do is uh, we had a really nice piece about Ryan Leaf uh, that was published, a great interview from him. Um, but before we get into that and kind of what we're doing here with the Mint, uh, which we're excited about, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Hotel Finland. Hotel Finland, we talk about it every week. We love those guys. We love what they're doing in Butte. They have put, they've taken an old building 
an old hotel and really made it something special. You can get rooms there for 80 bucks a night, $100 if you want a suite. That is comparable or even cheaper than the rooms you can find along the interstate in Butte. You'd be crazy, in my opinion, absolutely crazy, not to stay at the Hotel Finland. You're right down, not downtown, you're uptown, but it's what everyone thinks is a downtown. You're in the city center, near all the bars and restaurants. You can walk there from the Finland and walk right back to your room. No problem. On the interstate, you're going to be waiting for an Uber. I don't know about the Uber situation in Butte, but it's not something I want to risk. Uh, they're And they're great guys. They're supporting the Mint, um, which we obviously appreciate because they're helping us keep the lights on and helping us continue to do these podcasts for all of you. Uh, while you're at the Finland, definitely check out the Cavalier Lounge, which is attached. It is a very fun bar that has, yeah, every bar has got good drinks and good beers now. It's kind of hard to differentiate yourself. Well, the Cavalier Lounge is the only bar in the country that has a smooth operator. Smooth operator is something I love because I love getting a little juice in my beers. Uh, it infuses. They stuff this thing with different fruits and different like hops and then it infuses those juices into the beer that is poured through the smooth operator. It gets it right to the perfect temperature. So you have to check that out while you're in Butte. Uh, book your room at the Finland Hotel, F-I-N-L-E-N.com, Finland.com. Um, and just help out a great company. Okay, so as I mentioned, on Monday this week, we posted a a podcast in this feed that was done by Luke from the Grizz Fan Podcast. He was able to sit down with Ryan Leaf, former NFL quarterback, former Washington State quarterback, and most importantly, uh, C.M. Russell, former quarterback, uh, Great Falls guy like most of us here at the Mint. Uh, it, it was an awesome interview. There's been a, you know, Ryan has done a lot of press recently. He has a lot of, he has a super interesting backstory that everybody knows. He uh, has struggled with substance abuse. He struggled while he was in the league with anger issues. And he has a very complicated relationship with Montana, and Montanans have a very complicated relationship with him. Uh, but we were able to sit down for an hour with him and ask all sorts of questions that were Montana-related. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to do so because I think it will change your opinion on him. It certainly changed my opinion on him. Um, he is someone who has dedicated his life now to helping people, uh, and bettering himself. And he is just very thoughtful and honest about what he's doing. Um, so it's a good message. That's very fun to hear. But it's also fun to hear him talk about uh, being recruited by the Grays. He went on an unofficial recruiting trip to to Missoula. He, you know, he talked about growing up with Dave Dickinson just down the block and how he admired him. Um, he talked about Grizz fans. He talked about playing hoops in Montana. Uh, the Big Sky State games and kind of all these great players he had. So we got him talking Montana, which is something uh, that we haven't, at least I haven't, really seen him talk about in great length uh, ever before. And it's something we are super proud of. Um, if you don't want to listen, uh, we have a transcript available on our website of the whole thing. We've been posting snippets of the interview on Facebook and on Instagram. We have, you know, we've pulled out a lot of good quotes and Posted them on eGrizz and uh, the FCS Reddit and Bobcat Nation. We're trying to just get this information out there, trying to get good Montana content out there. And that is just kind of what 
the goal of the mint is. Once we posted that, uh, you know, the the leaf article and podcast has gotten a lot of eyeballs. It's gotten a lot of downloads, and we're so happy to see that. Um, the goal of the mint for us, when we've kind of got a lot of questions, being there's new new people uh, checking out our website and and our Facebook page. Um, we have a lot of questions like, what the hell is the Montana Mint? What is Montana Mint Sports? And so I thought it might be interesting just to spend a couple minutes telling you who we are, what we're doing, and what we hope uh, to do in the future. The goal of the Mint is uh, just to produce really good quality Montana content and get it out there for free, get it in front of as many Montanans as possible. We, we started this thing uh, five years ago, in 2013. It was me, the Bear Tycoon, and Scotty Mint, and it was just a, a Facebook page. It was a dumb Facebook page with you know, memes and different quotes, and it was just something we were doing as a little side project. We all, everybody at the Mint has a full-time job. Uh, none of us really, none of us make money doing this. The Mint makes money, and we invest all of it back into uh, paying our writers, paying our uh, our bills, paying to to host all this stuff. So. Um, yeah, it started as a, as a Facebook page and it quickly grew and we saw that there was, uh, you know, demand in Montana for, for just kind of a different voice and we didn't really know what it was, but we kind of tinkered with it for a year and developed a nice little audience and, and Scotty Mint is our, is our designer and our art director. Um, and he started pumping out cool merchandise. So we have a, a store where we have a bunch of Montana-themed shirts and hats, uh, and all of that we take special care to do as much of the work in Montana as possible. We can't, um, you know, like actually physically make the shirts in Montana. It would that probably cost us like two hundred dollars a shirt, and it'd be really bad material. But we try to get, uh, you know, the actual physical shirt um, made in the USA if possible. Uh, I, I think our. Sh- if I remember correctly, our T-shirts are made in the U.S. Uh, our hats are made overseas, but all the printing, design, all everything that goes into it after it is like a, a T-shirt. The the printing of the design on it, the the stitching for the hats, all of that is done in Montana, and it's something that's super important to us that we do as much of the here as possible. Um, so we started the store, I think, at the end of 2013 right in time for Christmas. And that's kind of been uh, a money, uh, you know, engine for us and has allowed us to branch out and do, do other things. So we started a website shortly after that, where we've posted around 500 articles, um, all the, you know, very different topics and uh, varying degrees of, of quality. But there's a few uh, things that, or there's many things on there that we're super proud about. The Leaf interview being one of them. Uh, we have a couple guys writing politics for us. Um, and, you know, as far as we can tell, we're the only people that got like an hour sit down with Greg Gianforte in the special election in 2017. We interviewed all the candidates then, Rob Quist and uh, the libertarian candidate whose name escapes me, but whose book off of Amazon I bought. So we're we're trying to just get good material out there for Montanans. And we, you know, you can kind of see where our strengths are right now. We have a ton of guys that are writing sports for us, and uh, we're super pumped to get the Grizz Fan podcast launched. 
earlier this year where we have three super fans that are putting out a very awesome product every week that is dissecting the Grizz in the same level of quality as this Denver Broncos podcast that I listen to. I'm a Broncos fan. I listen, I'm a also a Chicago Bulls fan and listen to a few of their podcasts. And what we're doing for the University of Montana and covering the Grizz is on par with what you can find on SB Nation or a lot of these other uh, sites that are dedicated to bigger teams. And it's something that we're super proud of and we want to keep we want to keep doing this. We started this website. The company started five years ago. The website was four years ago. And we've kind of been feeling our way out since. Uh, we have a, a sports newsletter, a politics newsletter. Uh, we partner with uh, Dan West, who runs the Montana Middle, which is a very high-quality politics podcast in Montana. Um, he is less focused on uh, being partisan um, and having like a, a take on the issues and more focused on let's try to interview every single big politician in the state. He sat down with uh, Kathleen Williams and Matt Rosendale and everybody during the, the primaries. He's recently talked with Corey Stapleton, who's a Republican, and uh, our lieutenant governor, Mike Cooney. Uh, he's doing a great job with that. And this is all possible because we have kind of built this audience on Facebook. We own our Facebook page and a few other like memes pages, Montana memes and uh, a couple other things like that. But we have close to 100,000 Facebook fans that we're able to pump this stuff out to and we want to keep doing it. So it's a long way of saying we are always looking for input. Uh, we are always looking for writers. We are always looking for new ideas on on how to grow the mint. There is a, a growing independent journalism scene in in Montana, and you see that with the Great Falls Electric, with the Missoula Current. We had that with the Last Best News in Billings, which unfortunately has been shut down. There's some, I forget the name of it, but a, a really cool independent journalist doing stuff up in uh, Haver, John Adams, what he's doing statewide with the Montana Free Press. We are not at the Mint. Uh, we're not journalism. Like We, we put out more uh, uh, you know, we're dealing with small potatoes in terms of Bobcat Grizzly footballs and hot takes on UC Davis, but uh, we want to support what, what these other folks are doing, um, and we want to be a part of the solution to bringing cool content to the state. So if you have ideas, please hit us up on Twitter, Montana Mint, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know what we can do better, what more you want to see. And if you're out there and you think you have a good idea, you want to start writing about restaurants in in the state or you want to start writing about, you know, traveling and hiking in the state or doing a podcast on on whatever, contact us. We have resources, we have money where we can help independent journalists or independent content producers uh, get off the ground. Um, we pay market rates to uh, a lot of our freelance folks. Most of the people that write for us are doing this as a hobby and um, have you know, waived kind of the fees that they normally get as a freelance. But we, there's a handful of folks that you know, freelance for a living that we, we, we pay a market rate to and it's something that, that we're proud of. We want to we wanna keep, keep growing this thing and we can't do it without, without all of you. Um, you know, it's, it's something like that leaf interview is always, you know, 
it's exciting when we can produce something that gets blown up statewide. Um, it happens every once in a while for us, and we want to do uh, more of it. Uh, and so bring us your ideas, bring us your thoughts. And it, honestly, the, the, if you want to be helpful and don't really know how um, with us and with, with all these other, you know, with the independent folks that I just kind of rattled off, uh, the, the best thing you can do, the, one of the most effective things you can do is just, just tell your friends, share our stories on Facebook, you know, retweet what we're putting out there. Uh, right now, the biggest struggle for, for us and for a lot of these uh, smaller content creators in the state is just getting eyeballs. Uh, we're focused on producing quality stuff and uh, we want to get in front of as many people as possible. So that was long-winded, but we've had a, a few emails and uh, DMs just trying to figure out like, like, why were you interviewing Ryan Leaf? Who the heck are you guys? Um, and we don't really have anywhere that we've kind of told this story before. We'll need to get Scotty Min on here sometime where we can do like a real deep dive on on what it is that that we've done and, and even more exciting kind of what we're planning for the future. Um, we're lining resources up uh, to get behind some really cool ideas going forward. But this has uh, been plenty I was planning this to be about 20 minutes and we're we're kind of hitting the half hour mark, which is way too much time for one person to be talking. So if you're still listening, thank you very much. Um, thanks for your support of the Mint and let's go Grizz. <laughs>